Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Good, well, I suppose for you it's still good morning, Josh. Yeah, it's after it's noon, it's noonish. Close enough. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. go with it. Anyway, um, it's nice after all the nonsense, however we've felt about this team at various points this season, that we can push all that aside for one day and bask in a most glorious performance, a 4-0 away win in the Premier League at West Ham, which will be the focus of our podcast today. Um, Obviously, a rather comprehensive tearing apart at the hands of City, triggered by their front three of Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, and Leroy Sané, or as Phil Neville might pronounce it, Leroy Sané. And... Let's. I we start with those three because that's where everything started on Wednesday in that game. Have we just seen the future of Manchester City at least up front? I think so. Um, Aguero's eyes certainly. Uh, you know, the look on his face after those assists, after that assist by Jesus, was just sort of like. Oh yeah, this this is not good. But there's a couple of people were talking about on Twitter yesterday. The one thing that we don't know is how Aguero is going to react to a potential phenom like Jesus coming in. Like, is is this going to be an iron sharpens iron situation? I think that's the. I think that's part of the reason that they wanted. Jesus. I mean, not obviously. You don't spend 32 million pounds on a player just to kick Sergio Aguero off the backside. There's obviously so much more to it, and the vast majority of the reasoning is because they wanted the player, because we have already seen how talented he already is at the ripe old age of 19. But, um, yeah, I don't know how you could possibly not think that it is... Because they've invested a lot of money in those three players. And I don't, you know, mean to make this the, oh, City buying, blah, blah, blah. Um, But they have invested a lot of money in those three players because they knew that the squad was getting older. They have seen Silva and Aguero and guys like that in the past, Nasri. Um, A lot of inconsistency slash injuries slash all sorts of other things. So they wanted something of a change in the guard. And now you have these three. And yesterday, not every day is going to go like it did yesterday. These guys are young. There's going to be inconsistency. But we have also seen now what they're capable of together. And I don't know how that pot, how, how you could not be excited about that, having seen that game and... Some of the other times they've joined up, obviously. There have been a couple games where they've played really well. The, the the FA Cup game at West Ham, which was obviously a different team slightly, but you could still see it. And the uh, the the uh, the FA Cup game against Palace, even though all anyone has really gotten to see is like the three minutes of highlights from it because it wasn't on TV. But um, by all accounts, they were very impressive there as well. And... There's so much pace and there's so much skill that you can see how much they torment teams. West Ham could not deal with them. Sterling was, you know, if you had to pick the quietest one, I guess maybe it was him, but he was still just tormenting West Ham all day long. Won the it, penalty. It's it seems strange to me too. Yeah, that 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 in and of itself is a minor miracle. I had to like stop to acknowledge that. <laughs> About to get going on a train of thought, but man, I can't believe he won that penalty, and it was a penalty. Let's be clear about that. And I would note again that he tried to stay on his feet, but he just yep. couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, I think that effort of like trying to stay up but not really being able to is what got him. Like, I I, I know that there have been cases when like he's tried to stay on your feet. When he's tried to stay on his feet, and he has. But I think that there are times where, like, okay, look, you can stay on your feet, but then you may not get the call. If you go to ground too quickly, you're not going to get the call. 
But if there's some sort of like struggle in the balance, then people are their natural response to that is, oh, something derailed him. He absolutely must have been fouled, you know, so I think in a way it helped him. And I I, I don't know if maybe because there's there's subtleties to these dark arts and we see it. I mean, not that Sergio or excuse me, Raheem needed any, any sort of the dark arts there, but. Sometimes when you want to get one or two of these calls, you have to dig into your bag of tricks. Yeah, it's like, it's like this mysterious middle ground where if you follow, like you said, you have to be a, you, you have to act convincingly enough to make it look like you're not acting basically is, is what we're, we're talk is what we're talking about here as far as that sort of thing goes. Um, Let's let's jump right to uh, jump out of order a little bit, but it makes more sense to do it now. Let's let's jump right to the future of Sergio Aguero, because for better or worse, it's a legitimate talking point now. No one can deny that. Um, you know, you, you look beyond the eyes. It's like that. My first thought was, gee, I'm not sure he's getting that job back again anytime soon. And um we got a question from Christo Hatting who wants to know, start Jesus and Aguero or leave Aguero on the bench for now. Let him simmer and then unleash in late games. And I will put that out there. And I will also say, you know, my thinking is, and I know that I'm not the only one in this thinking. I've seen it on Twitter. Um, Sergio Aguero's position at Manchester City has never been under threat before. Even from the day he signed um, back in 2011, he was always going to be, particularly when um, in the first season that he was here, Carlos Tevez went back to Argentina to play golf, Sergio Aguero was always going to be on the team sheet, no questions asked, as long as he was fit and as long as he was available. Um, and that never really changed. You know, he, they partnered him with Dzeko, they partnered him with Balotelli, they eventually partnered him with Negredo. Um, there was the period with Javatic, they've had Bonnie in, they've had Ihinacho, um, they've gone through all sorts of people, but the constant in all that was, who is the best strike partner for Aguero? It was expressly, you know, with the th- thought in their mind, who can we pair if we play two strikers with Sergio Aguero to be the best up front? It was never who's going to compete with Sergio Aguero. It was always who's going to play with Sergio Aguero. For the first time, someone is coming in here and is making Sergio Aguero think, well, crap, I'm not guaranteed to be on the team sheet anymore. And that's why, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not naive enough to think that there's no chance that he leaves at the end of the season. I'm not that naive. I'm not that silly because there's a chance. There's no doubt in my mind there's a chance, be it either incentivized by the player or the manager. But I also think that they want, over the next three months, to see a couple things. Namely, A, how he responds to this. B, if he actually can play with Jesus on the pitch at the same time. And C, you know, to be more specific about how he responds to this, his attitude in particular, not just on the field, but off. Because there's no doubt in my mind he's not happy about... Not, not not only how this, those eyes yeah, yesterday. Not not only how this particular it being supplanted, but the entire season has gone because you know we've heard the stories of that that late night summit with Guardiola at a restaurant with his agent or whatever, um, and all all that stuff and the constant rumors and all the stories about wanting more and more and more and how it seemed like despite the goal return he was not as as good. There's no doubt in my mind that something's not quite right there. And I do think that there is going to be a three-month trial balloon here, basically, to see how he responds to this. And some decisions will be made based on that. Yeah, I I think you're right about that. And I think for the first time since they've had him, City view him as expendable under Guardiola because they're willing to this is they finally have a coach that they're willing to say okay the checkbook's open you know do you tell us what you need 
will get you that. And and make no mistake, I realize that this year I think fans wanted to go a lot better. And I think that in their minds, and, and I would even say that we're guilty of it too, probably to, to a certain degree, though I would maintain I've always said that Guardiola is going I, – and I said this back when we were affiliated with that other podcast – that – Guardiola was never going to come in and be able to make all of the changes that people thought he was going to be able to make. Anyone who's covered sports for an extended, I mean, you, you being a baseball guy can relate to this probably more than me being a football guy, because baseball, you got your 25 man roster, which is really close to about what you get in the premier league. And when you have new managers that come in and and they obviously have to turn over the team, you realize there's there's only so much that you can do one through nine in baseball to, to create a new rotation, uh, you know, uh, that, that works, a lineup that works, getting guys in, replacing guys in the bullpen, which in this case would be your bench players or your guys that you're going to call up. So uh, I, I never, ever really believed that Guardiola was going to come in and and just sort of be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I knew something like a Joe Hart was coming. Everybody assumed Kolarov gone. Everybody assumed, you know, uh, a, a couple of Yaya Toure gone. He ain't going to be there. And now look, now fans are saying like, holy God, Thank Christ that Yaya Toure is on the team for this Champions League. Otherwise, there would be nothing left in midfield. And and Kolarov, too, for, for his part, you mentioned this prior to coming on air. He and John Stones are really the only two people that are capable of bringing the ball out with any sort of consistency or regularity. Like... I can't count the number of times you see guys like David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne basically dropping down into almost a center defensive midfielder position to receive the ball just to bring it out. And and I don't think that that's because Guardiola's like, hey, this is a really good tactical plan. You go down there and bring that guy. I, I don't think that's it. I think it's having guys on the ball that Guardiola trusts to bring it out versus guys he doesn't trust on the ball. So, it, you know, getting back to Aguero, this is probably the first time in, in City's history, like you said, where he's expendable. And, and this is a guy that could potentially be sold to fund bringing in another high-caliber striker or maybe even just sticking with the status quo and keeping Jesus and Ianacho. Although I'd like to think that if they were going to keep Ianacho, he wouldn't be so conspicuously absent. The spate of inevitable rumors, because, you know, obviously we know how the uh, English media works, the spate of inevitable rumors linking Aguero to exits to Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, PSG, all coming out today. Um, that doesn't surprise me. You know... Uh, what you said about um, Wait, let me ask you real quick. Where would you th- if 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 they did sell him? I mean, I know that the spate of rumors that come out isn't necessarily where he'll end up. But let's say that the three month trial balloon gets popped. Where would be a good fit for Aguero? Or rather, in 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 two cases, where would you rather see him not go? As long as he leaves the Premier League, I'm fine. That's fair enough. I don't really care any otherwise. Um, you know, I'm not sure if, if if Real sell Benzema and or Murata, maybe, but um, sell Murata, I would want to, to do a one for one trade. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Though, I mean, the thing is, Atletico are in all likelihood going to sell Griezmann to Man United for 80 million, so they're going to have money in an opening. Um, whether that works for him, I don't know. Whether he would, I, I but if you're City, but if you're City and you're looking at that, why would you make that move? No, I'm not saying I'm I'm saying theoretically it would be logical if not necessarily from City's perspective. Well, yeah, I'm just looking at it from saying okay, if Man United bring in Griezmann, that's a guy that a lot of people like Griezmann with the way he works the counter 
at at at, at with Atleti, he would be a perfect fit for Jose Mourinho. It would be scary how good that guy would probably be in that system. So, if you're Manchester City, why in the hell would you then replenish Atletico after they sold somebody of his quality to your direct rival? If I were City, I would use Sergio Aguero as a makeway and get Griezmann into City. See, that would be nice, but I get the impression that Griezmann's yeah. already made up his mind. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Wait, hey, you know what? According to... Look, people make up their minds all the time, but as with National Signing Day, if that proves anything, oh, people yeah, change their minds all the time. So... I, I think right now Griezmann sold on it because he thinks that Jose like but if United don't finish in the Champions League, if United you know for the second year in a row squander on, in their expectations, if you're Anton Griezmann, why do you why do you make that move seeing that okay, United have already been on the decline for the past little bit. Ever since Fergie left, United have pretty much been in a decline, and even before then, you could argue that they were already waning from from where they once were. I I, I realize that Champions League. I, I've made the exact same argument. Like, if City don't make Champions League, I don't think it should hurt them. But it just seems weird to me that Griezmann has made up his mind like that. Like. I tend to think that that comes from the Manchester media more than anywhere else. Like, I don't believe that Anton Griezmann has made up his mind about a club that's not even in the Champions League when he's playing with a club that has made two UCL finals. I've actually, I think I saw it actually in the French media, which would have ties to the player. But, yeah, know, French media, like, keeping them yeah. horribly wrong in the it's, past, it's, too. The other thing is, there have been so many rumors about Simeone leaving Atletico Madrid that, who knows? I don't really know the situation that well. I just know what I've been reading, and what that's I've, that's fair. What I've been reading has been pretty consistent, but that it could always be wrong. Um, I, I I want it to be wrong is is what I'm going for here. Right. Like I don't want United to have Pogba, Griezmann. Like it just it wouldn't sit well with me. I I would. I mean, not that City have well, crap players. I just don't. It didn't quite work for them at the Euros. So <laughs> um, that's that's true. It, it's um, them being France, of course. But yeah, I think that we're we're roughly in agreement on the future of Sergio Aguero, which is we're kind of in wait and see mode at this point. Um, Who would you bring in though? Like, if you get rid of Aguero, I get that yeah. Jesus is sort of going to become your number one. I mean, but. Yeah, I would I would want someone established. Um, you know what would be funny is if Real Madrid decided to prioritize Aguero over Obama Yang, thus leaving Obama Yang available for Manchester City if they wanted him. If if that were to happen, I'd likely piss my pants with joy. Yeah, because I I think by all accounts. Um, at the moment as well, Obama Yang is bound for Real Madrid. It's been an all. So yeah. It's been all over everywhere. And it, by his own admission, it's kind of his dream move. So. Yeah, I think he did, didn't he tell his like mom or his dad or something someone, on their death. I think it was a grandparent, maybe. On their deathbed, like one day. Grandparent, yeah, you're right. His grandfather, one day I'll play for Real or, or, or something like that. So. Yeah, that 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 may just the Obama Yang pipe dream may just have to remain that. But you know, Real have also been linked to Sergio Aguero since God, I can remember before he signed with Manchester yeah. City. Like the only reason I think is that they weren't after him when he left Atletico is because Atletico would not sell to Real. So it's been going on for a very 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 long time. Of course, things change, so who knows? Yeah, I would be curious, though, if Real would still be that interested in in a move when Guardiola has deemed him indispensable. Real may not be... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, 
all together up front, even though they seem to win no matter what. Uh, the front office, for as for as much of an oligarchy as it is, um, it's actually probably a monarchy, but could be an oligarchy all the same. Since you have to, since since Perez changed those rules about having to put in twenty percent just to be president, um, I. It's hard for me to see Real wanting him now, but at the same time, they've been extraordinarily loyal to Benzema, who's had his fair share of injuries. So I, I don't know that 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 could be a fun place for I for some reason, though, I feel like it's going to be like a PSG type thing. They, they seem to be the club that like can get people, but people who were once people like. Zlatan, you know, like they got Zlatan after Zlatan was done at the peak of his career. Like he may be a goal scoring machine, but he lost his ability to impact anything major. Yeah. In we're, my we're, opinion. We're, we're just sort of working in guesswork at this point, but yeah. there's a few scenarios that make sense. I'm just not really. So let me, let me put it to you up front. What, what do you like up front? Like what, what do you want to see consistently moving forward? I mean, do you want, do you want it to be consistently Sané, Raheem, and, and Jesus? Or do you want to see guys like Navas and Nolito getting in there? I don't really care to see Navas in particular, Nolito. I mean, there's spots for him. I know we're going to talk about that in a bit, but it's it's not, you know, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Basically, is 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 how I would characterize it. Um, I I would be interested to see Aguero and Jesus playing together. I'm not sure how you facilitate it because everyone's playing so well right now, and you have to take someone out of the team, and I'm not sure who that would be. So um, there's there's gonna there's there's in a in a vacuum, I would like to see them starting together with Aguero, maybe playing a little deeper, but. I'm not entirely sure how you facilitate that in 11 is basically where I'm at right now. So are, when you're saying playing deeper, are you wanting him to play in line, like, say, behind Jesus? Well, he likes to play a little deeper, doesn't he? You know, he, he does, he's always kind of out on the edge of the box. Um, I think there's something there, maybe, if you could make it happen, but it's it's... It's much easier said than done, I think. Fair enough. Probably How true. How about you? Um, I, I, yeah, I've got no, I, 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 I just have no idea. I, I don't, don't mess with success. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Seems to be a good, a good rule. Um, I don't necessarily mind. Nolito, I like you. I feel like there are spots for him. I feel like there are days when Nolito is going to give you a yeoman's effort, and you might not get that out of Sterling that day. So it's great that you have somebody like Nolito that can spell out Sterling, who, uh, you know, or Sane. Even is it? That, I never really can tell if Sterling plays on the left or the right these days, you know? Like, half the time I see him on the left, half the time I see him on the right. I think it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, up front right now, it's clicking. These guys are having fun playing together. And, and I think if you could get Aguero somehow involved in that, then it would be great. But you would need to take out David Silver or Kevin De Bruyne to do that. And that's not going to happen. And and do you uh, do you want to put no, Aguero? Do you want to put Aguero on the ball to take one of them off the ball? Then becomes the question you have to ask yourself. And for most, the answer should and ought to be no. Right. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. Um, let's talk about Silva because I, I actually I want to mention something else because we were talking about a little bit about Guardiola and how quickly he could change things and it made pops made something pop up in my mind and I forgot but I want to bring it up now. Um, did you by chance see his quotes from before this most recent game where he basically admitted 
uh, yeah, I thought they had it, but they didn't have it. And I tried to move too fast. Because by his own admission, you know, early in the season when they were playing well, he was like, okay, I think they've got it. We can move on to bigger and better things now. And then when they tried to do that, it fell apart. It se- he seemed to be admitting that, yeah, I moved too fast. I thought they had it before they actually did have it. So we had to get back to the basics. I thought that was really interesting and kind of enlightening, actually. I can see that, though. I can see how you think you could have De Bruyne in that eight, Silva in the ten, and feel like, okay, I've got it when Kev's out there. But the truth of the matter is, is that it never really felt like it worked to me. There were days when it did which enabled people to sort of justify it in their minds. And that's okay because I look, I I could get anybody begging for any formation with city, because when you've got players like David Silva and Sergio Aguero, who are club icons and legends, I'm not going to begrudge any city, you know, fan or supporter who wants to say, I want that guy in the lineup. I get it. I get it. The problem that Guardiola has right now is that he's got a lot of really good players and uh, attacking players. Let me clarify that. And you've only got so many spaces that you can play. I mean, in theory, I guess he could play Aguero as a fullback if he really wanted to. (laughs) But I don't think that's going to happen. So I I don't know. I, uh, I, I like the fact that he reset this. And I'm curious how having Silva there as the number eight is is going to. I, I'm I'm curious how that's going to play out, like in the long run, against some better teams. Yeah, I'm surprised that it. I mean, they they haven't really thrown him to the wolves yet. We had this kind of discussion when they were putting Torre and Zabaleta out there. Is this an instance where it actually works, or is it something that works against teams who aren't playing well and can be maneuvered through and will fail against bigger sides? We don't really know yet. I'm kind of surprised that it's working, because, you know, you, you look at... On, on one hand, you look at a player like Silva, and you think, uh, is too slight. He's, he's, he's not, you know... He's not really physical enough, I guess, for to be in the engine room like that. On the other hand, you look at a guy like Luka Modric, who's also pretty on the slight side, and he's made a career out of it. So some guys can do it. Um, obviously, it's a, it's getting it's not well, it's not late in Silva's career, but it's late in Silva's career for such a radical change. I would argue to be yeah. I think I would so say it's late in Silva's career. He's twenty nine. Wow. I mean. Most soccer players begin deteriorating around their 30s, right? I mean, that's the general rule about he's, about he's, where... He's in the twilight of his prime, is how I would put it. Okay, I can accept that. Um... But but even even so, it's 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 getting late in Silva's career for such a radical change, is what I would argue. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how permanent it could be. Um... Especially since I'm not sure that he will be staying with City beyond his current contract either. There's going to come a time when some of these guys just have to say goodbye, and that's fine. But um, was it going to come a time when some need to say goodbye, no correct. matter how good they've been? Correct. Um, so I'm surprised. I would be curious to see how it work against a team. I'm just not sure that they have. Um, I feel like if you're going to do that, you need to have a little bit of physical help for him in the midfield and if Yaya Torre can provide that great but um the Silva doesn't get by on speed he gets by on cleverness he gets by on his brain basically um and Torre doesn't get by on his his well his Torre is a smart he's a smart smart footballer but we're talking about two guys who are not you know it One billion absolute... gets by on being a brick shit house, okay? Let's, yeah. It's it's fair. We're, we're talking about two guys who are very much not quite in their physical primes anymore. Physically, is is basically the point I would be making. Yeah, I did, my, the the only reason I want to just clarify one thing that I said I think Silva is at the near the end of his career is because he's had so many injuries. If he'd been less injured. 
I would think that he's a guy who could push it into the mid-30s. It's well, the same it, ankle over and over again. Yeah. And he gets kicked it, a lot. He does, so often. And, and I, I'm honestly kind of surprised that Messi <laughs> hasn't started to accumulate these injuries for as often as he gets kicked. You know, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing. Silva and Messi are not... I mean, they're worlds apart, but at the same time, there's definitely a bit of, of of Silva and Messi and vice versa with their ability to just be magic on the ball. But because of their diminutive stature, you know, the, the, the first thing that gets kicked are their ankles or their legs. So I don't know. I, I like the experiment right now. My only concern with it is, is that with with always having Silva and De Bruyne, you're forced to make a decision. Are you going to play Yaya Toure, or are you going to play Fernandinho? Yeah, and that's something that we didn't really mention, because he didn't start yesterday, I assume. It was his first game being available after his suspension. I assume they just kind of didn't want, they wanted to get, he came in as a sub, obviously, so I don't think he's fallen out of favor or anything like that. I think it was just a case of them wanting to stick with something that was working and um, ease him back in at a relatively gradual pace, um, having not played in literally a month. So but that's, here's, that's a good does, question. Does, does Fernandinho move to that sub role? Because if you've noticed one thing, who's now the permanent penalty taker? Yeah, yeah, Torre. Okay, so in any particular game, you could be likely to get a penalty. I'm not. I don't really think he'll be making decisions on his eleven based on the chances of getting a penalty or not. I, I don't think so either. But I it's, have it's, to think it's an interesting wrinkle, but I don't think it's going to really factor into his thinking now. Let me let me let me phrase that another way. Yaya is a set piece specialist. Yaya, that I mean, the goal in in the FA Cup. I mean, that free kick goal. I mean, he's known to do those. He's also known to hit children with them. Um, but Yaya would be a type of guy, along with Silva, along with De Bruyne, who you have to consider very, very dangerous in set pieces, and that includes taking penalties. You know, sort of spot kicks or whatever the case may be. I think that that would be a concern with Guardiola is making sure that whatever lineup you have out there, you do have those set piece specialists in there because city have sported lineups in the past where they just haven't had anybody that can do a damn thing. They'll have one guy out there who can take it, but like nobody else in there that can, that can work their magic around or, or, that you could potentially put up there as a secondary threat, say, on a free kick, or if you have, like, Kolarov, De Bruyne, and Silva, who's going to take it, you know, sort of situation. So um, I, I think that that might be a small factor for Guardiola, but I I don't I don't know what he's going to do with the midfield moving forward. That's, that's sort of my biggest air, question mark area. Like, I feel like the attacking lineup is starting to cement itself much to Aguero's detriment, but it's that rotating midfield lineup that that has me slightly concerned. And maybe that'll be a game-by-game thing. Yeah, it, I, it may well be. Because, um, you know, we're, we're kind of back in that position where certain things are working and it's hard to figure out how you're going to tinker with them. And I don't know if they'll keep working, like we've said. But at the moment, they've been playing, you know, pretty rather fairly well. Um, they just the pace is electric too. Yeah, That's... it's the the pace is I think a big factor. I mean, obviously they've in their last five games they had one awful performance against Everton. They had one good performance against Tottenham in which they didn't get all the points, and they've had three really convincing away wins. So. Um, and yes, West Ham are bad, but they were—they actually came into that game in not terrible form. So, I—I I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of Kolarov could probably take. Kolarov has taken penalties in the past, just not consistently. Um, so I—I I guess I don't—I don't know if I don't know how Gabriel Jesus is as a penalty taker either. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I, I haven't seen that yet. We, I don't really have any insight onto that in that whatsoever. I, I don't just, know if I'm convinced. Brazil would know. I don't. I'm convinced by Yaya is more what it comes down to. Like when Yaya steps up, I, I feel confident it's yeah, going. He's going to score. He hasn't missed one all season. So, um, which was a problem early on. So, he came damn close. That kick. I mean, if. The thing with Yaya's kicks is it's not just the, the, the placement, it's the speed at the which pace, they move the pace coming, power, yeah. <laughs> coming off his ridiculously large thighs. The keeper yesterday dove the right way. Yeah. He just yeah. did not get it. He just didn't get it in time. It whizzed past him like right before he got there. But if he had dove a half second earlier, he would have had a save. Like if he'd have just guessed before Yaya shot, he'd have had the save. Right. But yeah, no, that, 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 that's the thing for me with Yaya is that I've begun to feel more comfortable with him in the lineup because Pep has really, I think, convinced Yaya that he can make more of an impact doing less. It's, it's less wear and tear on his body. He can do more. He can score more. He can factor in more. He's ingratiated himself. For Christ's sake, people want the dude back. I, like, can we not stress that enough? People want him back next year. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that alone should speak for itself. Like, that's that's the level that Yaya is now playing at under Guardiola. Not even the and, fans. It's Guardiola left the door open for a new contract. Good. He it, should. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. He should. If Yaya is going to continue to play ball, so to speak, and, and, and join up with Pep because Pep really – he – he has a sense about him. Look, he's probably not going to win the title for the first time in a really long time. Like, I think we as City fans can somewhat admit that is a strong likelihood. But top four is still well within reach. Hell, even second place is well within reach. Um, but at the same time... You already know that there's going to be another hall of players brought in over the summer and that City are only going to bolster their lineup. So given their youth academy, too, like, I mean, this is the thing with United. No matter what United do moving forward, they're going to have to do it all through the transfer window. United's youth program is a pile of crap. And I'm not just saying that because this is a city podcast. When you're getting your ass kicked 19 nothing or 9 nothing by City's youth academy, like that's that's a sign. You've you've neglected your youth program. So whatever United do, they're going to have to do through free uh, free agency, as we would say here in the States, transfer transfer market. But I, I think City have the option of not just dipping in, but also calling up. And I think that that'll be a huge advantage for, for them moving forward. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, let's talk about the keeper situation, because this was kind of the buried talking the buried talking point from yesterday. Claudio Bravo finally got dropped in a Premier League game in favor of Willie Caballero, um, who didn't have much to do. City had 70% of the ball, but um, there was a shot on target, and it did not go in, which is an accomplishment in itself these days. So yeah. um, I'm not sure, uh, like I said, I'm not sure how much we can draw from a performance like that. It's good, I think, to get Bravo out of the firing line. Caballero was fine. There were, you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting with Caballero at this point, don't you? You, see, you, know, you might get the occasional shaky moment. He's not an elite keeper playing it out from the back, but... He doesn't suck. Yeah, he just he he's not suck. bad. He's he's just sort of he's he's good enough is how I would characterize it. Yeah, I uh honestly I think I I really think Willie should become the number 1. I think Bravo should fall back to the number 2. I mean, I hate that this has happened to Bravo. I do feel bad for him, but I you can't argue with the numbers, man. Well, I mean, anybody can, and people do quite often, but if you look at the numbers, just just the frequency with which shots go in, 
I mean, it's not like he's making 15 saves and it's the 16th putback that goes in. It's the first shot. It's not, so, Tim, it's not Tim Howard in the World Cup, no. No, no, he is not making 30 consecutive saves before the 31st goes in. No, no. I, I think Willie gives you a certain amount of stability in that, as you said, you know what you're going to get from him. And right now, City need that more than they need a keeper who's supposedly really good at playing out of the back. Like, congratulations, Bravo can play it out of the back. He's also usually picking it out of the back of the net. I'll tell you what else. All those those rumors about Ederson at Benfica have ramped up lately as well. Um which is interesting. There was actually a quote I saw, I believe. He said, um, talking about supposedly interested teams, and he was like, I would prefer Man City. So, where there's smoke, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and, and you know, if Ederson comes over from Bonfica, I mean, he's good-sized, he's young. Um, I, I do believe he... Isn't he first choice right now for, for Brazil? Um, good question. Let me have a look-see at that. Yeah, he is, um, I, I, as far as I know, he gets pretty good reviews. You know, Benfica in the Champions League. It's not like this is some little tiny club that he's playing for. Um, he has definitely played for the under-23s, I know that much. But it's, it's, he's not, he's, I don't. I you know I'm not going to sit here and be claim to be an, an expert in 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 Ederson, but I I do know that he is fairly highly rated in Portugal and is is having by all accounts a solid season for them. So you know I'm willing I would be willing to give that one a chance. He's getting a lot of interest from top clubs, so. There must be something there, and he is only 23. Yeah, I I think that that's the thing right there, is that you're getting a guy who's used to the system. He's got his size on him. Because Claudio Bravo is only six foot. I don't give a crap what he's listed at. That dude's six foot, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm nearly six foot six. I know when a dude is six foot one, you know? <laughs> like... Uh, and Claudio Bravo is not, but, but Ederson, he stands tall. He, he also, he communicates really well with his defense. Uh, and, and you have to remember that this is a guy who has supplanted people before he's come in and taken over jobs. Um, I, Benfica are supposedly raising, this is, they, they want him. Uh, they they want to sell this guy. They they signed him to a new contract with the notion of getting a decent fee for him. If City can negotiate that fee and get it to their liking, then I'm perfectly fine with it. I just I think Geronimo Rulli is not a bad de- decision either. You know, like you and they already bought him. They can it's, get him for twelve point five now. It's nice to have options, I suppose. On the other hand, money is no option, no object. So if they think that they'd rather have Ederson, I don't want to really want to see them scrimp on it, especially given how we've seen all the problems that have been happening at the back. Yeah, if they want but, Ederson, I'm fine with it. But, but I'd also a, like to is, see both. Yeah, um, but I mean, we are talking about a guy who has basically displaced Julio Cesar at Benfica. Yeah, um, which is not for nothing. I know Cesar's gotten pretty old, but not for nothing. No, no. Um, I mean, it's it would be like replace. I mean, it's like de, you know, uh, what's his name replacing? Uh, uh, damn it! Uh, what's his name replacing what's his name? Yeah, the guy who went to the other Portuguese club. Why am I drawing a blank on him? The Spain national keeper. Iker Casillas. Yes, Iker, son Iker. Yeah. <laughs> So we've all like, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. So, um, moving yeah. on from goalkeeping. Let's talk about. Um, okay, we've kind of touched on this at various points, so let's actually touch on it. There's about three months left in this in the season proper. A little more, but 
closer to three and a half because the season ends late this year. But um, there's still going to be several things to play for. There's going to be Champions League games. Even if we kind of agree that we don't think they can win it, there's still going to be Champions League games to play in the knockout rounds. There will be Premier League games where City are going to be playing for top four. There will be the FA Cup where City look like, now that they've, they've drawn Huddersfield Town away, you win that, you're in the sixth round. If you get a good draw, then you're one game away from Wembley. Um, you're talking about a trophy that they could theoretically win. So there's going to be important things coming up. And what I want to talk about to uh, sort of close this out, we're going to do a few words on Swansea, but I do want to talk about how we see the team shaping up for the rest of the season. Because we've seen a lot of iterations of Man City this season. It seems like a long time ago that the front three was solidly Nolito, uh, Aguero, and Sterling. It seems like a long time ago. Um, and what's curious is that Nolito, I know we've talked about Ihenacho and we'll talk about him too, but Nolito seems to just suddenly very abruptly be on the outside looking in. And I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, is uh, I just maybe they've seen enough that Sané has convinced them, okay, he's ready, he's more ready now than he was at the start of the season. Obviously, Sterling has been there all along, and obviously they're not going to uh, mess with Gabriel Jesus as long as he's playing as well as he is. So, I don't I don't know how, how you see that shaping up, but I guess what I'd be curious to see, and we've kind of touched on it already, is... This, it's probably going to be a game-by-game game thing, but how do you set this team up knowing what you know now? <sighs> Jesus is my striker for right now. I think he's just more active. I think he moves more. I think he does more of the things that you expect in a Guardiola team. Um, you know, the nifty flips and tricks were there yesterday at points. I mean... There were times when he was trapped along the edge, and I'm like, uh, well, you know, youthful exuberance. And then he managed to get out of the situation, and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I like this guy. Um, look, Raheem Sterling's playing the best he's ever played in his career. He has become... I, he has, to my mind already, at least at this point, one city, I think, three or four penalties. He, he doesn't have the goals to show for it, but Raheem Sterling is creating chances at a dizzying pace. Um, that ball from De Bruyne into Sterling was a master class. Judas Priest, that's that's like when you play your friend through in FIFA and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that worked. Uh, Raheem Sterling could have punched that one in no problem, but he opted. He saw Jesus was in an infinitely better position, just made the simple pass over and got Jesus' first goal. Um, this is, at, at best, this is a team now that seems, at, at least up front, to understand one another. Like, I don't know if it's if it's sort of a, a youthful thing that all these guys are used to playing a dizzying pace of soccer, so they work well together, but you never saw this kind of production on the left or right-hand side out of Nolito and Navas. Like, it just didn't happen. Um, you know, Navas would open up other things, but, I mean, when you look at these guys playing in through balls, I mean, these they're dangerous. They're dangerous crosses and through balls. I mean, Sané had a couple yesterday that were, I mean, Jesus nearly got on the end of one, and it would, I mean, if he got, if he gets correctly on the end of that, the keeper ain't stopping it. I mean, that thing's going straight in the net. So he actually could have had two yesterday, and I, I'd like to keep that up front. Like, it gives teams something to think about. These guys can play for nearly 90 minutes and not get tired. Um, I, I think you need that breakneck pace. Uh, it's the only thing that's going to enable you to keep pace with teams like Liverpool and Chelsea who have that much speed up front. Um, I don't know what you do about the middle of the park. I don't know if that's a game-by-game -game decision. I don't know if you play Fernandinho routinely when he comes back in. 
I know De Bruyne has to be in there. That's that's the certainty for me. And then when it comes to the defense, as as long as Vinny is not playing back to back, I'm generally fine. You know, we already discussed Cavi, so I, I think I would move him to number one. I do think I would replace Aguero. Um, he's just simply not had it this year. And uh, yeah, I know that that's kind of unfair to say, but I'm not replacing Aguero for for any old reason. I'm replacing him because he doesn't seem to be a fit with what Guardiola wants to do. And I don't think he has been all season. So if Jesus is more of a fit, then use it because it'll make the, the aggregate better. Not because Jesus, I think, is better than Aguero. I just think Jesus makes the aggregate better. Yeah, that's entirely reasonable. It's moments like this that I wish the back three actually worked. Because that would open up a spot where you could play um, a back three and then put Fernandinho in, take one of the defenders out, and work with basically the uh, the three men up front, the three at the back, and then the four-man midfield. But obviously we have seen that the back three has been a problem spot at times, so I'm not actually suggesting that we do it. But I think that that was... They tried so hard with it because it does make sense if you could just do that. But, you know, we haven't seen it work well enough that I can justify bringing that back. So someone's just going to have to sit. And I think that... Um, I think that you might rotate Torre and Fernandinho, because we know Guardiola still loves Fernandinho. There's no doubt in my mind they want to keep him. It's nothing of the sort of him falling out of favor. I don't buy that one bit. Um, but, you know, you're also looking at a guy in Torre. They're going to get to the point soon. It's been quieter in January because they've only there haven't been a lot of other competitions. They've had a couple games where they've played, you know, three games in a week, but those are going to start coming faster and heavier now. So I think a little more rotation might be necessary, and you might have to spell Yaya Torre from time to time. So I do think the middle of the park is going to be a game-by-game proposition. Um, De Bruyne is an automatic choice, obviously. Uh, Silva, as long as he's good and as long as he continues to play well, there's no reason to drop him. Uh, Torre has staked a claim for his position, So, but I think that it's sort of an instance where when you have guys like Silva and Torre, Silva with an injury history, um, Torre with a history of you know, just sort of not not necessarily inconsistency, but looking like he needs a rest. I think maybe you can pick and choose your spots to rotate and use Fernandinho in those spots. And I agree with you on the front three. Like I said, I would love to see if you could get a way to say, put Aguero and Gabriel Jesus out there together. But right now, um, as long as they continue playing that way, I can't really justify taking anyone out to put Aguero in the team. So, um I don't, I don't know. It seems like Nolito is no longer long for this world. Um, I'm pretty convinced that you know, Jesus Navas' contract is up at the end of the year. He's not going to be back. Um, so you, you, we've kind of seen a clear notion of who's been shunted off to the side. And they seem to be the casualties um, of, of particularly Leroy Sané becoming A, fit, and B, playing very well recently. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at with it is, you know, I know I said this earlier, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes the most sense, which kind of brings us to Swansea. Swansea even though, home, yeah. even though for some reason the premier league table says that we're playing Manchester United next, I have no idea why everything else is correct on this, but it's <laughs> saying that we're playing United next. And that's simply not true. Fix no. your, fix your stuff. Premier league, uh, Swansea next Swansea. Interesting case. They've been relegation fodder all season city, but they've them. won three of their last five. That's right. City beat them in, um, the, the first game they played, which was at Swansea earlier in the season, back in September, back when they were playing well at the beginning of the season. Um, since they Swansea slid into the relegation zone, they have changed managers twice. They have brought in Paul Clement Clement. And after a 4-0 drubbing at the hands of 
Arsenal, they managed to go to Anfield and beat Liverpool, and then they beat Southampton at home. Um, so they're coming in doing better, and they do have Gilfie Sigurdsson, who is a player that I quite like. Um, very good creative player. That said, um, it's a home game for City. They're first in what it feels like they're first in a while, even though it really isn't. They played um, on 21st against Tottenham, but they've been away a lot lately. Um, yeah, I like City's chances in this game. I don't think I'm going that far out on a limb. They'll have, I don't know how much they'll rotate. This will be one of those three games in a week's cases, but it will be, um, I believe it's a Wednesday, Sunday turnaround. Yeah. Um, so they'll have a little bit of extra time off. Um, I don't know. I feel, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm never going to go come on here and be like, rah, rah, they're down. You're going to beat the crap out of them. But I feel pretty good about this game, even though Swansea come in playing well, I don't think you can let complacency slip in, but this is one, another one of those games that they should be winning. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's something that you've got to take advantage of, um, you know, there are, uh, these are the games you got to win, man. You, you know, they're currently sit, le- they sit lever- level with Liverpool on points, but Liverpool have the, the goal differential. Um, which is really somewhat surprising that this city team isn't, isn't scoring. Normally it's city that are putting in goals at a blistering yeah, they've, pace. They've, they've won the title on goal differential once and have the top four on goal differential last year. And they, would have won the title on goal differential in 2014 had Liverpool not capitulated late to uh, Palace. But, um, yeah, it's it's strange. Yesterday did a good bit to make that up. They're only four behind now. And Liverpool are having had a terrible January. Um, yeah. Kind of amazing that heavy metal football does take its toll when you have to deal with a festive period. Yeah, but <laughs> who who would have thought that all that gagan pressing would get you tired? Or learning a few things, yeah. Um, I don't know. You look at you look at the teams around City and United again dropped points yesterday to Hull, which Thank inspired God. Jose Mourinho to revert to form, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, you you look at City are actually in fifth, and they are. Uh, one point plus goal difference off second. So that's kind of where the, the, this cluster of teams is at the moment. Chelsea are f- putting some serious distance between themselves and the pack. I think the title is obviously theirs to lose. But, um, you know, City are in a top four race, and if you're going to win a top four race, un- Liverpool just lost to this team at home. That should be all the cautionary tale that you need to not take this ser- to take this seriously. And these those are the games... That I think you 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 got to win if you're serious about being the Champions League next year. Yeah, I I, I it's going to be curious because who are Liverpool? But I like I want to look each of these teams up individually. But you Liverpool know, I, are off to Hull, who have been surprisingly sturdy lately since changing their manager. It's not a good team, but it's a resilient team. And Arsenal are playing. Arsenal are at Chelsea. Okay, so that will be an interesting game. I would, then, I would, I would put out there that City have a very good opportunity to pick up points on Arsenal this weekend. Yeah, and, and who Tottenham, are Tottenham? Tottenham host Middlesbrough, which should be okay. So that is correct on the damn thing. All right, so it's it's only certain ones that the Premier League table has off. Man United uh, are at Leicester, which I don't expect anything of. They only beat us, so. Yeah, I mean, so Arsenal and Chelsea are really where you have some hope now. That, that is at Stamford Bridge, too, which gives me even more hope. Um, plus, as as we just watched, Arsenal lose at home to Watford with Arsene Wenger being forced to watch for the foreseeable future from the stands because he, sh- he shoved a fourth official in his infinite wisdom. Ah, yes. So he's on a ban. He is he's stuck in the stands with the headset. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I Arsenal. I would I would be surprised if Arsenal won that game straight away. Actually, to be honest with you, um, Liverpool's game is a tricky one, especially given how they've been playing lately. But on paper, you would back them, and Spurs should win. So, 
And I yeah. think City should win. So there's there's your. Uh, so City <laughs> should be able to slide into about that third position. Yeah, I ex- I don't. They won't. They pass actually fourth. They won't pass Tottenham, and I assume they won't pass Liverpool. But they'll be able to pass Arsenal, I think. Drop them to fifth, and um, that's that's if things go the way I kind of expect them to go. But it'll be. I mean, it, it it depends. You know, City could pass. punch in five goals against Swansea. Yeah, God, they could. The fun thing is that they will need, know exactly what they need to do because uh, the other three play on Saturday and City play first thing Sunday. So. Yep. Benefits of playing on Sunday to the annoyance. Do you like that? Do you like playing first or do you like playing last? I've always kind of thought, wondered that myself. Do you like? I like, the, I like knowing what I have to do. Setting the pace or knowing what you have to do. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I like, I, I'm a cerebral guy. I'm analytical. Like, I yeah. like to know because, I mean, the way I figure it, if you can't deal with the pressure, then you don't belong at a club that's competing for European aspirations anyhow. So everyone should be able to handle the pressure. The question is, can you know what you're supposed to do and then go do it? And we're about to find out. And we could get lucky. Tottenham have been drawing lately, yeah. so maybe Paul, they draw again. Paul just held United at home. Maybe they'll hold Liverpool. Who knows? Um, you know, Middlesbrough are in 15th. They've they've drawn three of their last five Spurs, games. Spurs have a weird habit of dropping points against mediocre teams at home. It's just sort of something that, that has happened on occasion. They they needed... They, like, they just drew against Sunderland away. Um... And they just they needed a very late comeback to beat Wickham in the FA Cup at home. So stranger things have happened, but they needed um, a late comeback to tie City too. They did uh, with a little help from the refs, but we will yep. not, not go there. Um. So yeah. Oh, other question. Well, since on that subject, because I looked this up last night and I realized that City have the home leg first in the Champions League against Monaco. Um. Do you prefer having the away game first and then knowing what you need to do at home, or do you prefer setting the pace at home and then going away to figure out how to hold them? Um, I I prefer having the first leg at home in every case. Really? I feel kind of the opposite. Away is good, but I think that... If you're Manchester City and you punch in, say, two goals, you win 2-0 or 2-1 or 3-1, whatever the case may be, then you go there and and you can lose the game. But if you nick a goal and and you play tight, uh, you know, you have that away goal advantage. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's just, in my mind, it's kind of the same way you said, knowing what you need to do. I mean, that's true either way, but... I don't know. There's something I find there's something reassuring about having a second leg at home to fall back on, but that's really a matter of opinion. It is. It is, and it looks like we have a couple questions that finally yeah. came in. No, we we got a late question. I know we talked about Christo. Um, we kind of talked about this one. It's from Bloodhaven Sensei, who asks our thoughts on Fernandinho replacing Yaya in the starting eleven. He's been brilliant and overlooked these past few games. Well, we haven't overlooked him. We spent quite a bit of time talking about him today, didn't we? Um, yeah, Fernando. Oh, a lot, lot of praise for Yaya. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick by what I said. It's just, I think that I want Fernandinho in my 11. I'm just not sure how to facilitate it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I agree with you. I would like to keep... Uh, Fernandinho in my life, and I also have no idea how to make that possible. I have a Dino jersey, man. Like it was a choice between De Bruyne and Dino, and I chose the Dino. Of course. So yeah, um, like I said, when we're st- we're getting into territory where we're going to have Champions League and FA Cup and three games a week and other midweek Premier League games or what have you, then there's going to be chances to rotate. And um, I don't. I still don't want Yaya playing every single game. I think that's a good way to burn him out, which obviously we don't want. So, do you play him in that first leg against Monaco, or oh, do yeah. you play him in the second leg? Ah, oh, I would play him in the first leg at home. Try to get some wind beneath your wings. Some Pat Midler. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I. I 
See, I'm I'm curious about Monaco because I haven't watched a lot of League One this season, and and I don't really know what Monaco are gonna bring. Um, I I I know that in the past, I mean, I know that they're currently sitting atop Liga. They're still scoring a lot. Their, yeah. Their most recent game was in the Coupe de France against Chambly. I'm assuming they played probably a. a it was team. it was a nine goal affair. At, five four an extra time yes. Um, was somewhat ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They just went to the uh, Parc des Princes. Parc des Princes. Yeah, I'm not good at French. That's okay. I only t- they they tied there against PSG. Yeah. Drew there against PSG on a, on a stoppage time equalizer. So. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, Monaco are are definitely a team that I've always enjoyed in in the uh, in the Champions League, and I thought that they could do some damage. Uh, I, I still think they can. I don't necessarily think it's a, a horrendous draw, but you know, City dispatched of PSG uh, with relative ease last year um so i think uh all all being said i uh i'd totally be okay with with the situation like last year at psg but i don't know that you're going to get that kind of game out of monaco they're they're really a rigid defensive team which has me somewhat worried yeah i'm not sure how that will go but it's coming up uh, everything's anyway, coming. Yeah. Anyway, um, you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, American Citizens with the Y. Just search for us in the store. We'll pop up. And um, well, enjoy the game this weekend. We will, we will be talking to you again next week to react to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. On behalf of Josh, I'm Gray. This has been American Citizens.